Hello and welcome to episode 54 of North Point Plus. 54. I'm back. <laughs> He's back. Due to popular and, demand. And not just in a photograph. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I was going to make a Nickelback joke looking at photographs. Uh, but you deserve better than that. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. Thanks for giving me a short leave of absence while I dealt with COVID. <laughs> Who's Nickelback? <laughs> Who's Nickelback? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> Uh, I I How do know. I do know. Well, I so I quote Julie Andrews in the in the sermon. You would think I don't know who Nickelback is. No, I firmly believe that everyone understands who Nickelback is, even if they don't. They should. They they deep down, it's just like God. Deep down, oh. you know, you just suppress the truth of Nickelback. The burning in the <laughs> belly, right? Yes, but I'm back. Good. It's good to be back. To good to have you back. Um, this is our follow-up podcast, for those that might be new, for those that are tagging along. Uh, every Sunday we gather together, do the fun church stuff, do life together. Uh, this past week is super fun because we kicked off a new series, which we'll talk about. Uh, and then yeah. this podcast allows us to dive deeper, wrestle with questions, dive deeper into the message, dive deeper into God's Word, and just have fun, hang out, make jokes, and uh, goof off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> which is good. Um, so this past week I mentioned we kicked off a new series, and this is one yep. that I'm super, super excited about. So, Rick, what are we doing for the next... Before we go there, okay, okay, okay. before we go there, we actually had a conversation last week to say, hey, I wonder who listens to North Point Plus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, here's your assignment, if you would. Oh, put me on that camera so I can look you in the eye. Hey, if you would take a second, um, actually, I can't look you in the eye if you're just listening, but I'll speak voice to ear. How's that? Hey, would you just let me know, I, like I would love to know who is watching this podcast on a regular basis. So if you could just send me an email that says, I listen to North Point Plus, that's all you need to do. Unless you want to make me laugh, tell me a joke, that kind of thing. That'd be great. I listen to North Point Plus. Oh, you booed me. That's okay. Um, if you would just send an email to rruble at northpointcc.org. That's N-O-R-T-H-P-O-I-N-T-E with an E. Uh, cc.org. Boy, I don't usually say my email address. <laughs> That'd be great. I listen to North Point Plus. So that'd let me know. We know that a bunch of people listen. Yeah. And we have we have a pretty good sense of the numbers, but like I would love to know who those are, who those people are, because that may make a difference in in terms of the kind of stuff that we talk about, yeah, and yeah. what kind of jokes we make. Exactly, yeah. And to to kind of pull the curtain back on that a little bit, I mean, we're not we're not looking for your email so that we can sell you stuff. Oh no, or no, spam no, no, or anything. Yeah, it's it's it really is that. Like, so right now, in terms of stuff that we do on the website or social media, like we get general numbers of hey, sixty people watched this, twenty people did this, thirty people did that, and that's great. But for us, ministry is not just numbers. It's, oh, yeah. You know, who, who are we interacting with? Who are we doing life with? And so being able to know that someone, this person, this name listens and engages, that makes a difference for us. Yeah. So that it's not just, oh, 20 people watched it. It's like, well, that's cool. But who are the 20 people? Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of a know your audience yeah. thing. So, yeah, that'd be cool. And, and special kudos if, like, you're outside of the state of Michigan. Oh, man. I know they're there. Yeah, I that's right. See, I can see that someone's and there. And if you're outside the continental U.S., more bonus points. Yeah, more bonus points. Um, I yeah. know what you win. Okay. You get points. That's that's the end of my intro. No, it's good. Uh, whatever. Yeah, so we started a new series. Yes, we did. Um, this is a big new series. What are, what are we doing? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, Experiencing God is a um, study that's been a part of um, the church 
um, in in English for the last thirty years or so. Yeah. This is actually the thirtieth anniversary of it, and uh, and kind of the background for that is that as I was thinking and dreaming about, okay, God, where do you want us to go message wise um, for this fall? I really felt like um, we need to, as a church, as individuals, we need to go deeper and 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 to dig deeper roots. And we need to um, we really need to come to grips with our faith in a different kind of way because of everything that's going on around us. So um, looked at a number of things and and really felt compelled because of our because of our vision. Uh, it really just fit with our vision. Um, we've talked for the last couple of years about that everybody who calls North Point home would see God working in their life, see Jesus working in their life, and be sharing that with the people in their sphere of influence. And experiencing God matches that marvelously because it's all about recognizing what God is doing in you and around you and then being able to talk about it and get on board to what God's doing, not just, not trying to create it on your own. So, um, so we enter into this study that involves, it's going to involve the messages on Sunday mornings, um, uh, a workbook that we really want everybody to do. We have we have some workbooks here at church. You can order them on on uh, Prime or from Amazon or wherever. Yep. Um, and uh, conversations in life groups where that's happening as well. Yeah, yeah, and it's been it's been so cool. Even in just in kicking off the series this past Sunday, even in these first few days, having conversations with people like, oh, yeah. did you read the first day? Did you yeah. read? It's cool. Um, but I think what you've, what you've talked about is there's a component of that that you really, really need to go deeper, and that's doing it with someone else. Right. So doing it in a life group. Like, can, you, can, you, can God work through this just by you reading the book by yourself? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And one of the ways that God says that he works through things consistently is through interactions within right. the body of Christ. So get into a life group, get the book. It's super, super, super beneficial. I'm excited. I'm excited. So so do you know your memory verse for the first week? No, I have the whole week to learn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I was telling somebody at lunchtime today, it, it was really fun because last night I'm laying in bed and I was just thinking about the day and thinking through stuff. And th- this is not like the normal conversation that happens. Yeah. At the Ruble household, but um, <laughs> we're both laying down, completely quiet. We're going to sleep, and I said, "What's the memory verse? What's the memory verse?" <laughs> and Deb, Deb could quote it, uh, like I could think, um, "I'm the vine, you are the branches. Mm-hmm. If you remain in me, and I in you, you'll bear much fruit." But I couldn't remember the end of it, and then and Deb said, "Now I just forgot the end of it because." Uh, you can do nothing without me. Hmm. That's that's the end of it. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know what? We let's talk about this for just a second. Yeah. Um, I didn't talk about this in the message. Um, <laughs> this is our life, right? Random comments that kind of <laughs> yep. go everywhere. Um, if you'll notice, or if you noticed Sunday in the verses that were on screen. Um, th- I used a different translation. <laughs> I was going to submit a question about it. <laughs> uh, you should have. Did the did the NIV offend Rick so greatly that no, um, cast it aside? So here's here's the problem living in the time that we do. So um, I grew up um, going to church, and I grew up with the King James. So like when yeah. I was in first grade, I believe this or not, and when I was in first grade, our first grade teacher had some kind of prize, I can't remember what it was, if we could memorize in first grade all of Luke 2 mm. in King James. Yeah. And, and I did 
in those days, there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And each went to his own city. So I grew up on King James. And and when I went to college, um, one of my professors at the college was on the translation team for the New International Version. And the New International Version was um, uh, was a translation that was in um, more easy to understand language, yeah. still very true to the original language, uh, to the to the Greek, to the Hebrew, and so I really uh, NIV became a part of kind of what I did. Yeah. Uh, somewhere in there, I spent a long time in the new, um, in the in the. Um, New American Standard Version, sure. NASV. So I did a lot of study in college with NASV, but eventually I got to, to where I used NIV, and that's probably still my go-to. Yeah. Um, lots of other translations fit. Uh, you know, at, at North Point, a lot of times we'll use English Standard Version. This version I was not all that acquainted with, and so I did some study on it because on the bottom of the right-hand page on day one or day two, it, it talks about the memory verse. Yeah. And, um, and it says the version that it's in, the, the translation that it's in, and, um, and why he wanted to use it. A, a high understandability, a uh, high level of un- understandability, of readability, and a high commitment to the uh, original language. Mm. And um, if the, one of the things that has happened having used lots of scripture is it's hard to memorize because <laughs> you get tripped up with different uh, like if if at one point I had the entire book of James memorized in the New American version which was great but then if I preach from the NIV I float back to the New American and that doesn't yeah. match with with what's on screen <laughs> so anyway I, I just decided um, at, at least for me, now this may not be true of, of um, the other guys who are on the preaching team that yeah. are, they're preaching through the series, but I'm just going to go ahead and use that version that's consistent with the memory verses sure. so that it doesn't become confusing. Sure. So, th- so that's going to be my go-to. No, that's cool. Yeah. I'm glad you addressed that because I did have that question. Ah, you should have written it down and submitted it. I know. I have COVID brain, whatever. <laughs> Mark had COVID last week. That's why he was out. We're allowed that's to right. say that now. We're okay. Everyone's fine. And we're glad to be past it. Mark and Julie and Grace. <laughs> yes, we all had it. Yeah. First day sucked. Everything's fine now. <laughs> good. We're better. Good. We're out of quarantine, which is good. Um, yeah, so we kicked off Experiencing God. You you kicked off uh, Unit 1. So basically right. the way it works for those that are that are concerned about the logistics is we, like you said, we have the message component of it as well that ties into kind of what's walked through day by day throughout that week. And then there's life group component as well where you meet with life group. Um, so if you're here now and you're like, oh my gosh, I missed week one. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Still catch up. It's not that long of a book. <laughs> you can yeah. get through it. But what we're saying, like, I think we're encouraging people, don't skip it. Don't skip the first one. Right. If you're if you if you need to catch up, catch up. It's worth it's worth going through it in sequence. Um, and don't be the lazy person that's like, well, I miss week one. I guess I'll I guess I'll tune in in December when we switch to something else. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 I would say this because of the workbook is five days of there are five days of stuff yeah. in each unit, in each week. Um, if you're behind, what I'd really recommend is rather than do day one, two, three, four, all on the same day, and then day five beyond that, what I would say is just don't don't use any of the extra days. Oh, just, sure. yeah. just, just do day one through five on day six through 10, the second unit, yeah. and catch up that way um, because there is something really better, more powerful in 
in letting the work that you do in the workbook on that day just sit and digest, yep. um, uh, ruminate on those truths, and um, and uh, rather than trying to do a whole bunch at once and just simply marking it off your to do list. Yeah, that's good. Um, so we got some questions. Yeah. Because you kicked off uh, the series, but some of these questions are from last week. Uh, so. Well, that's good. Before again, before we get there, let yeah. me uh, let me just talk about this past week's message. So, it, oh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. yeah, it it really was to lay the foundation, and um, and I'm looking at the whole unit, the whole unit one, and saying, okay, God, what out of this? I don't want to duplicate what people are doing in their workbooks, uh, I, but I want it to be all be connected. And um, one of the things that I think that you'll find in the workbook is that Blackaby asks over and over again, what do you really think about this? Not what you know is the right answer, but what do you really think about it? And it just made me think that that um, for so many of us that have followed Jesus for some period of time, and it doesn't matter whether that's months or years or decades or whatever, we kind of drift into this path where we kind of know things, but we don't live it out. We, we don't really... Yeah. Um, we we aren't really forced to come to grips with do I really believe this or not in the way that we would if we were facing persecution, yeah. and um, and so what I tried to do yesterday with the message was was really to just try and and um, raise some issues, ask some questions to say okay what is it that you really think because if you believe that this is really true that impacts things if everything really does hang on. Jesus and Scripture, then, um, and Scripture says that you're to do this, or Jesus asks you to do this, yeah. then the stakes are way high. It's it's not just a matter of being religious yeah. and going to church. It it is life and death, eternal matters, kinds of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. so that was that was um, just big picture. Lots of questions that really come down to that that memory verse that we talked about. That it's it really is all about John fifteen five being connected to Jesus. Yep. He's the vine, we're the branches. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited about it because I in in prepping for the study and seeing what's ahead in in, in the coming weeks. Yeah, and there's really good stuff. Lots of good really stuff. really challenging questions, and I I like that he keeps going back to like I know I know you know what the right answer is. <laughs> But what do you think? Like, yeah. What's your gut reaction? What do you actually think? Because when we're, that's where I think God does a lot of work. Is yeah. I know you know the right answer. I know, like everyone knows if you're if you're a follower of Jesus, everyone knows that it's it's best for us if we just follow Jesus. Yeah. But there's a reason we don't. <laughs> yeah, and 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 maybe it helps even in this to talk about the stuff that's challenging us. It just in I think it's in day one um, that when he asked the question, do you do you recognize that the challenge uh, for, I think it was for a servant, is that you go with God as opposed to you, God God gives the directive and you go and do it? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, maybe that was in day three. I can't remember. Um, but, or, or, or the whole concept of we go, we go and we don't take any steps until we know what the end result is going to be. Yep. Um, as opposed to just walking with Jesus, not like I. Uh, boy, I'm rambling, but it's uh, so many thoughts from the last three days. Yeah. I want to. I want to have the map. I want to be yeah, able to say. That, I was just that's, looking that's, up that's my notes. The, that's the image. Jesus is the map. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to have the map to be able to say this is where I'm going to land. 
yep. and this is how I get there. Yep. And I can go several different ways, but this that's where that's where I'm going to go, yep. which is a completely different image than having Jesus in the front seat saying, okay, turn left now. Right. Turn right now. Yep. Uh, you know what? Let's go back and do a U-turn and come back and go over that again. Yep. Yeah, I think that's... I th- we talked about it, I think, sometime previous on this podcast of we, we like having the, everything mapped out and everything taken care of because it removes... Uh, and maybe this is something we can we can wrestle with that is it removes the the necessity of failure in our lives of following God oh. of is God going to call me to something that I'm going to fail at and I'm I, am I going to grow closer to God through that, through failure? that failure because we think yeah. failure is not part of God's will. Right. God's never going to lead me into failure. So if I'm perfectly following God's will, I'm never going to get fired. I'm never going to get laid off. I'm always going to have enough money in my bank account, etc. Whatever, like, you know, fill in the blank for whatever yeah. you... But, like, that's not what it is. That's not right. what being a Jesus follower is. And there might be things that God asks you to do that are incredibly difficult, that are incredibly uncomfortable, and you grow closer to God through that. Yeah. And yeah. that's the end goal. Yep. And that that's hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's certainly a... Certainly, something I still wrestle with. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got uh, a handful of questions. Some of these are from last week, Good. which is a yeah. is a similar lead into experiencing God. We we had the series of Better Together, uh, but there were some some questions that were unresolved. Yes, <laughs> from last good. week. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, so we got one question last week uh, that talks about this concept of uh, basically vulnerability, vulnerability uh-huh. in the church. That was something that was talked about of finding that person that you can really share everything with. Confess um, your sins to one another. Yeah. yeah, confess your sins um, and and have that honest and open relationship. So someone submitted a question that said, to share with others your sins or concerns is one act. The second act is having full confidence that what you shared is privileged information, meaning two obligations. Yeah. Um, and so that's typically what people wrestle with is, you know, I'm fine being honest, but how can I trust that, you know, if I share all of my sins with Rick, how do I know that Rick's not going to go on Twitter later and just say, oh my gosh, you'll never, you'll never guess what Mark is struggling with in his life or he'll gossip with his wife or his kids or whatever it might be. So how do we, how do we wrestle that in the church that, hey, I might feel comfortable sharing, but how do I, how can I know to trust you with what I'm sharing? You can't. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that that's uh, th- it's it's a lot safer to just not share. Yep, to guarantee that no one's going to know. <laughs> yeah, except God. Um, yeah. But that's not what we're called to do. And so I think that we we be wise. It's not that we, you know, we go blab our stuff on street corners. It's not you know. It's not like I. Um, uh, you, in in the middle of life group, you're telling your deepest darkest darkest secrets. Although you might, in the context of life group, um, the there there is a risk, and so there's wisdom in terms of who you develop that kind of relationship with. And I think that that's a progressive relationship. I think we talked about that some on the podcast last last week. That there it really is this sense of you share a little bit more. You feel a little safer, yeah. share a little bit more, and it really is reciprocal. I think the 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 one part of that question is it's a two way thing. It's not that I simply come and share all my stuff with you, and you say, "Oh, you're a terrible person." Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, um, it's it's that I'm sharing and you're sharing both. Yeah. And again, I would just say, in terms of the the directive that's there from Scripture, um, James. In James 5, when he says that, he doesn't say, confess your sins to one another if they confess their sins to you. Hmm. Um, the challenge is for us to be obedient in that. Yeah. 
no matter what the response is, even if it, that gets shared in places that we don't want it to, yeah. um, we need to be faithful to what God calls us to do and trust him in the process. And, 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 and oh, again, we talked about this a little bit last week. I think when we do share that, when we share um, our temptations, when we share our sin with somebody else, it loses its power. And so if it becomes more public, yeah, that hurts. It hurt the betrayal hurts probably more than the exposure of the sin because we've already exposed the sin right. to, to the person. Right. Um, but it's uh, it once we've owned that, it's kind. Of, I I love. I I have lots of friends, um, in recovery from um, drugs, alcohol, different kinds of addictions, and and one of the things that I've loved about people who do meetings is that they're able to say, yeah, I have screwed up my life horribly. Um, I, I make all these bad decisions. Right. That's who I am because you can't ever fix that unless you own it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's it's sharing in that way, even if even if it's that's part of the developing of the relationship is that you tend to maybe, sh- maybe you're more open, open and vulnerable than the other person. If it's less reciprocal to start, um, even in doing that, like you said, like practicing that obedience removes the power of the lie of the enemy. Yep. It says, if you share this, you're going to ruin your relationship with them. Yep. They're going to tell everyone they know. You're going to be lambasted and whatever. Like, yeah. that's a lie from the enemy because the reality is that at most, can that happen? Absolutely. It, it has happened. That's a shame. Sure. Um, <clears throat> but in most God-fearing, Bible-believing relationships, that open honest, vulnerable confession and wrestling with that is almost always reciprocated equally. Right. Because you finally, like you, you finally feel the inclusion that the gospel brings rather than the isolation that the enemy wants you to feel. The enemy wants you to feel now that you're the only person that struggles with this. You just got to deal with it. And then once you take care of it by yourself, then you can be included in the church. That's a lie. That's not how the church works. Um, And the more you can practice what the scripture says, which is just confess, just confess. Um, you start to really feel what the gospel preaches. Yeah. Which is, you're in the family. <laughs> That's right. That's a good thing. That's right. Awesome. Good question. Uh, this is another question. When can I get baptized? Um, <laughs> today, <laughs> right now. I'm assuming this anytime. Is, I'm assuming this is dealing less with uh, a day of the week or a time or a season, and more <laughs> more dealing with. When when is it appropriate to be baptized? Do we just baptize everyone? Do we walk down the street and baptize people? Oh, that's an I- that's an interesting take because my thinking was somebody was trying to communicate their desire to take that step. Yeah, I'm and, assuming uh, yeah, so. Yeah. Um, so when is it appropriate as as a follower of Jesus? When is it yeah. appropriate to be baptized? When do you take that step? I, I think when you come to grips with um, the brokenness of your relationship with God, and that it's and that the fixing of that mm-hmm. is completely through Jesus, and that's what you want more than anything else. You want Jesus to to be Lord of your life. That, there's a question that we'll come to in a second about yeah. that. That that yeah. you say, yeah. I the um, I, I have a, a friend, uh, um, another professor at a Bible college that that I knew that um, that said baptism is the way that people in the New Testament said yes to Jesus. That um, in our culture, uh, particularly in church culture, it's been, oh, how do you say yes? You pray the prayer and, right. um, you know, you raise your hand, you do that kind of thing. In the New Testament, 
baptism was it. Baptism was the way that you expressed, I'm all in, in terms of following Jesus. And so when you come to that, that point, um, that's, the, that's when you do it. And, and again, when you look in the New Testament, consistently there was this sense that when people reached that place of conviction, they were baptized right away. That, that, that's a step that they took right away. With the Ethiopian eunuch, they're traveling along, studying Isaiah. Philip's there with, with this guy who's a treasurer for, the, for um, Candace, the queen of Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. And he says, okay, there's water. Why don't we, can, uh, can I be baptized? And they stop the chariot and go down, and he's, yeah. he's baptized in the water that's there. Um, Saul, when he goes to um, Damascus, Ananias comes and talks to him, and yeah. he's he's baptized in response. Uh, Acts sixteen uh, in Philippi, yeah. the the jailer who's ready to kill himself because he thinks he's going to be executed in his family, mm. um, and he's heard um, Paul and Silas singing hymns in jail. It's the middle of the night, <laughs> and they're baptized in the middle of the night. So yeah. it's the kind of thing that um, that it was not something they delayed. Um, and for whatever it's worth, um, we've got some folks that are going to be baptized yeah. um, in church and out of church in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So um, if, if, you're, if the point of your question was, when can I do this, send an email um, and say, I listen to North Point Plus, um, <laughs> and I want to be baptized. Can you help me uh, yeah. take that step? Uh, just as a commercial side commercial, we actually recorded a video a while ago that, uh, that I taught for 30 or 40 minutes just about um, what's involved in, that, in taking that step. What, what I think are probably pieces that, that it's good to have a handle on, uh, good to have a handle on, um, on believing in Jesus, on, on recognizing yeah. your sin, on repenting, on confession, uh, on what it looks like to live as a follower of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a great question, and I think it's it's something that we we talk about so often because it's so important to the to to the walk of a follower of Jesus. I think back to um, Trisha. Trisha Fish was baptized, yeah. and mentions in her story that we we kept talking about it like week after week. Yeah, like gotta get back. Like if you haven't been baptized and you're following with Jesus, this is a really big yeah. step. It's a really important step. So the the question of when can I get baptized is super important. It's a question worth asking, and like you said, like. I think the real question is, wow, why are you waiting? Yeah. Why are yeah. you waiting? There's so many, again, that's what the enemy tries to do is, just, yep. oh, you are you really saved? You, know, you should probably work out some other stuff first and take care of this. And that's the cool thing that you see in Scripture is baptism actually takes care of some of those things yeah. in the lives of the believers. Of Like, no, this is like I can look back on my baptism and see the faithfulness of God bringing me to this point and trusting that he'll bring me further. Um, Baptism's huge. Yeah. Hey, you know when the actual best time to be baptized is? Uh, hit me. 6.30. Hands down. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Hands down. It's not Father's 630. Day. 6.30. It's not Father's Day. We're not doing dad jokes. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving right along. <laughs> uh, moving on to a question that ties into what you were talking about. <laughs> I love it. Mm. Um, <coughs> talk about, that water bottle. Uh, you talked about uh, in your answer for baptism, uh, Jesus being Lord of your life. Yeah. And someone submitted a question. This is actually in relation to your message this week. Is it possible to have Jesus be your savior, but not have him as Lord of your life? So is it possible to be saved, but you don't think of Jesus as your Lord? Um, I don't think so. 
I don't, I don't think that yeah. you, um, Jesus didn't come to just save us because his death in our place is because we give him complete control. Mm-hmm. We, we give him the keys to the car. Yeah. You can't, you can't um, say, yeah, Jesus, I want, it's different. I'm trying to think how to live out this image. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you the title to the car, yeah. but I'm driving. You don't ever get to sit in this seat. Yep. Um, it, it really is. We give our lives to Jesus or we don't. And um, yeah. and and it is in that the context of that relationship that we experience salvation in terms of change for our life now and for eternity. Yeah. Um, it's only because of Jesus that we can have the right kind of relationship with God. Yeah, yeah. I think it's for me. It's it's almost an element of uh, of reversing the question in some way. Of the reason Jesus needs to be your savior is because he wasn't Lord of your life. <laughs> like, oh, that's great. Yeah, that's why you needed to be saved is because yeah. we rebelled. We looked at yeah. we looked at God and we said, oh, we've got a better way. We'll we'll choose sin. We'll choose anything but God." And so you need a savior because you chose to not have Jesus be Lord of your life. Um, and that's that's a huge impact. And I think I think we, I don't know, we we wrestle, especially in American Christianity, we wrestle with this this element of lordship and authority because we look at all the authority of around us and we're like, this authority is horrible. <laughs> like, yeah. And and we we kind of compartmentalize and categorize like, well, Donald Trump is my president, but like he's not my president. Like he doesn't have he's not lord of my life. I'll acknowledge acknowledge him as president. He's got this position, but yeah. Same with Joe Biden. Joe Biden's my president, but like I'm not. I'm not respecting his authority. I'm not giving him authority yeah. over my life. And with Jesus, it's you either get Jesus or you get none of Jesus. Right. And that's that's just that's the deal. Yeah, the the um the 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 tension, the rub is kind of what I talked about in the message yesterday that um that there is this constant fight in us mm. between wanting to be in control and giving up control. And that's why it's so important to recognize what God's doing around us and to fundamentally change the way that we think. Because as Americans, we think, oh, no, I get to be in control of whatever. And um, and most of the things that are that offend people and cause them to quit going to church is because they they're offended because because somebody says, no, that's not a choice that you get. Uh, You know, you. Um, it's not my money. Mm. It's it's your money, God, that I'm just being a steward over. It's not my time. It's your time. It's not my schedule, not my to-do list. Right. It's yours that really matters. Um, mm. and, and we just don't like to hear that. It's not my destination that I want to go to. Right. It's yours. It, it, it either is that way or not. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna keep wrestling with that. Yeah. Oh well, that 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 yeah yeah. I mean that that's the struggle that we go through every day. Yeah. Um. In in terms of the the don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's that. It, I'm I'm gonna go out of order with questions because I think this deals with the last question that we got, which was, what if I don't feel worthy of God's love? I know none of us are worthy on our own, and God makes us worthy. But how do I truly believe this in my heart that God loves me? And I think that's as a follower of Jesus, that's this kind of tension that you get is you start to realize like, oh, I'm not submitting to God in this area. Does he really love me? <laughs> Even yeah. though I've spent my whole life not submitting to 
this area, whether it be finances or sexuality or just personal preference on whatever it might be, like how do I really start to internalize and believe that God loves me when I've spent so much of my life as a follower of Jesus, not fully submitting in all these areas? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right now. It's funny because in just in talking about what we're going to talk about, um, I don't want to go down this path particularly, but you and I have just read a book mm. called The Rise and Transformation, the, the rise, rise, rise and Triumph of the Modern the, Self. The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self. Yeah. That is incredibly challenging um, about, about how thinking, our, our thinking, our Western thought has changed over the last two or three, four hundred years. Yeah. Um, I say that to say that a part, one component that it talks about is the movement that um, is away from objective truth and towards feelings. So we don't feel worthy, mm. so we don't think we're worthy. Yeah. That's a completely different thing than, than being able to say, no, 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 no. Don't you understand, based on what Jesus did, yeah. you are worthy. Yeah. Your, your worth is not defined by what you've done. Um, and and that's that's the thing that um, this will go into the last question when 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 it when when there is that voice in your ear that's saying nah, God can't love you because of X Y Z because you've done this or that or whatever because of this that's happened in your past um, when God uh, when when you hear that voice um, that is in conflict hmm. with the reality that the Son of God came to earth and went to the cross so you didn't have to bear that burden. Mm. Um, that, you know, yeah. it's, he came to make it right. And, and so the worth that you have, the value that you have as his child is, is infinite. And yeah. so um, you are worthy, um, even if you don't feel it. Yeah. And, and that it's, it really is the enemy that is trying to say, ah, you're not worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think replacing f- feelings, not to diminish feelings, but replacing the the weight of feelings with the overwhelming weight of God's word. Yes, when it comes to love, is essential for us. Um, yeah, to really take the feelings that we have, and I, and some of it, I think, is it starts in a good place because it it convicts you of how far you've fallen yeah of how how the the immense weight of your sin when you feel that that starts in a good place um and i i've I've talked about in the past of like almost like these road signs of shame that 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 god will place these road signs of shame in your life of saying like look at what your sin is doing to you Mm -hmm. and you have a choice in that moment that you can either blow past it say i don't care i'm going i'm going deeper into my sin you can sit at the base of the signpost and just wallow in your shame or you can use it as a warning to turn back to god because that's why he puts those there is i want you to feel the weight of your shame so that you can come closer to me that's that's where you find release from your shame it's where you remove all the power of sin in your life is by turning continually back to god in those moments and the enemy just wants you to sit in your shame or ignore it just keep moving past it yeah that um commercial for a movie <laughs> um it's, it's funny because last week i was i was flipping through some channels and and the movie amistad was on which is about um a slave ship and uh, the slave ship amistad and uh, everything that happened with that and it made me think of um uh 
um, what's his name? The author of Amazing Grace. Um, John, um, ha, it'll come to me in a second. No, no, no. No, that's no um, the, uh, so, so the guy who wrote Amazing Grace. Um, Newton. John, yeah. John Newton, not that's Isaac Newton. Not, not Isaac Newton, but <laughs> yes, John different, Newton. Different, yeah, different Newton, Fig Newton. Um, he, he was captain of a slave ship. And so all of the things that you see in the movie Amistad, all of the things that you picture in your mind when you look at the books and the pictures and the, and the slaves that were chained together uh, for that transatlantic flight uh, or, or uh, voyage uh, on the ship, all of the horror of that, Newton was in charge of that. Hmm. Um, and he wasn't a follower of Jesus. Yeah. Only when, when Jesus got a hold of his life did that change, and he stopped that. Yeah. And so late in life, I and I wish I... I wish this was right at the front of my mind, because um, if you Google, go ahead and Google what's on his tombstone. Um, uh, he he came to this place of faith, and he wrote these words, "Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch mm. like me." We it's we know that song so well that we um, that it doesn't sink in how much he understood his worthlessness mm. and yet his value to God. So what's on his tombstone? Uh, John Newton's tombstone reads, John Newton, once an infidel and libertine, a servant of slaves in Africa, was, by the rich mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, preserved, restored, pardoned, and appointed to preach the faith that he long labored to destroy. Whoosh. I love it. That is powerful. Yeah. So, um, mm. so, so there's a very healthy sense for us to say we're not, we are not worthy of God's love. Yeah, and yet God says, "Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, you are. You're, yep. you're my boy. You're my girl. Yep. I love yeah. you." That's why you got to go back to what's your, I, the, yeah. the verse I always go to because I like I feel this. Yeah, <laughs> this question I feel all the time. Of yeah, like, I'm so aware of my sin, um, and I go to Romans Romans five, while you were a sinner. Christ died, Christ died for you. And yeah. that was to demonstrate God's love for you. So God's love, it's demonstrated for you long before you were yeah. ever made worthy by Christ's love. So right. even before Christ's action on the cross, that's when God loved you. Yeah. Long before that. Um, so the enemy can shut up. Yeah. <laughs> it's not true. Yes. It's not true. God loves you. All right. Now the last question. This is an yeah. interesting one. Is Satan omnipresent? So first... What does omnipresent mean? <laughs> and if Satan is not omnipresent, how can he whisper in my ear? So he's omnipre omnipresent. That means like that you go to the um, baseball stadium in Atlanta, right? The omni. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's present there. Uh, yeah. Omnipresent means that he's everywhere all at the same time. Um, Which we would say is a characteristic of God. Yes, absolutely. God is omnipresent. Yeah. You can he's not bound by time or space. Space, he can be anywhere, or he is everywhere, yeah, all the time. Um, so is Satan omnipresent? He's not, he is bound by time and space in some way that I, I would say I don't fully understand because it's kind of like, well, wait a second, where is he right now? Is he in uh, South Africa right now? Is he in? Is he hidden away in Toronto? Um, <laughs> I heard he's in Ohio. <laughs> oh, he can't be in Ohio. That's the promised land. Um, the um, but but when you look at scripture, yeah. and it says 
in Matthew 4 that Satan came to tempt Jesus, there's, uh, there is language that says that he came to him because it says that once Jesus had, had not given in to the, the temptations that yeah. Satan brought to him, that Satan departed. Left, yeah. So, so uh, yeah, that was King James, departed. Um, he, he left his presence. Um, the, uh, so, so clearly in Scripture, there is this sense that Satan moves about. He uh, seeks who he can devour. You know, he's searching. Yeah. Um, Job 1 talks about Satan... Um, moving about on the face of the earth and coming to God and saying, ah, what about this guy? This yeah. guy, this guy, you think he's so great, but he's not. Um, so he's not, but like I said in my message, that voice that you hear whispering in your, it, uh, I said it's Satan, and probably better language would be to say it's, it is some emissary of Satan sure. that's doing that. The um, demonic, um, it's, it is, um, the 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 minions of yeah. Satan that are doing his will that are that are constantly trying to derail us. Yeah, I think that that the I think the language I would use for that um, matches similar to to us being ambassadors for Christ. So as we share the word of Christ, that's taken as the word of Christ. So right. Whose whose word are we sharing? We're sharing Christ's word. So same with demonic forces whispering and trying to influence things well they're doing that under the the principality of satan's leadership whatever yeah. you want to call that um uh, uh, ephesians describes him as the prince of the power of this earth or the yep. power of the air so he has some element of demonic leadership over those yeah. um and so when you hear a lie whispered from the enemy is that a lie from satan yeah and it yeah. might not come directly from yeah. satan himself but you're experiencing the work of Satan within right. that. Right. Yeah, and and if you're interested, it's funny because the podcast has now become an opportunity to share all things we know. Books. Um, that's right. Quotes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, media, whatever. Um, the the book C.S. Lewis wrote, Screwtape Letters, oh, yeah. is a great, great devotional read. Yep. Um, and basically it's fiction. I, not basically. It is fiction, but it's but it is Lewis's um desire yeah. to help us understand kind of how that demonic activity um works and the power of temptation in our life. So so the 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 setting the context, whatever, is that there are demons that are communicating back and forth about how best to de- derail their projects, their um, yeah. Christians that they're assigned to. One asks questions, another responds to the questions and says, oh, do this, or don't let him do that, or whatever it is. Yep. And it's um, it's just very insightful stuff about uh, how we're wired yep. and I th- and um, our vulnerability that, uh, that Satan tries to take advantage of. Yep. And um, so the, it's a it's a good read. Yeah, I think not as good as scripture, but it's a good <laughs> read. <Yeah. laughs> yes, we'll clarify that. Yeah, I think it's, it's an important reminder for us because again, if we're if we're looking at it through the lens of American Christianity, we tend to just by the nature of Western thought remove the spiritual aspect of yeah. life. And so when it comes to demonic influence over things, it's like, well, we just kind of explain that away. Uh, that's coming from someone that like I. 
I think it's a healthy critique of the church to not over-spiritualize things when things right. happen. Don't over-spiritualize it, but don't remove the spiritual element that we don't struggle against flesh and blood. We struggle against demonic principalities and forces and things like that. And so looking at your life, understanding that Satan wants to trip you up. Satan wants to damage your relationship with God. And so it could be as simple for yeah. us as Americans of just like, hey, I'm just going to... I'm just gonna make it so you have a little less in your bank account this week, and it's gonna it's gonna piss you off, and you're gonna have arguments with your spouse, and to not recognize spiritual attack in that is to to not under to to not really understand the armor of God that we've been given yeah. to defend against those things. Um, so again, I'm not saying over spiritualize everything, and now now look at everything through the lens of like, well, I ran out of gas because I was careless. This is a spiritual attack, maybe. But maybe you should just fill up your gas. <laughs> yeah, that that that's what I was going to say. I grew up in an environment, a church environment, where for a period of time it was like anything that bad that happened to you was assigned to Satan. Oh, this spiritual battle. Yeah. You know what? I um I was late for work and that caused all these problems. Yeah. Satan was really at the heart of that, and it was like, no, you sat at home and spent. 60 minutes eating breakfast, not doing what you're supposed to. So you were late. Um, uh, there's, there is a healthy balance between recognizing some, sometimes it's frankly easier for us to blame Satan for choices that we make that are our own irresponsibility, our own desires, our own, whatever it is. Um, and we don't need to attribute that to Satan because it's it's us. Yeah. Um, uh, th- that doesn't make it any less yeah. significant. It's not more significant if it comes from Satan. It, if it if it separates us from Jesus, yep. it's all the same. Yeah. Yep. No, that's yeah. great. Uh, anything else you want to leave people with as we continue uh, into Unit Two or uh, moving into Week Two eventually with uh, experiencing God? Um. I'm trying to think if there were things, other things that in the message that that didn't make it in that I wanted to be sure and talk about. Um, again, I I just I would really really encourage you, uh, get the workbook, do do the work, get started now. Um, one of the things that will happen is you'll develop a habit of doing that, mm-hmm. and if you don't do it, you'll miss it. You'll miss that time that you spend with God um, in His Word and just reflecting and thinking. And so, so do that, get involved in a life group, um, have somebody, your husband, wife, spouse, friend that you can go through stuff with, um, because God will, God will just use that interaction. Yep. Um, yeah, you're gonna, you're, you'll get out of it what you put into it. Yeah. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Because, because, because he, oh goodness, where is it? Because you can do nothing without me, or something. Yeah, it's it's close to that. It's one of the translation things. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll blame it on Always that. Blaming translation. Yeah, that's right. Spiritual attack. That's that's <laughs> right. <what it> was. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you for your questions. Uh, thanks for tuning in, Rick. Thanks for your time. Yep. Um, yeah. Continue to challenge. Uh, dive into the book. Dive into God's word. Um, and we are 
I'm, I'm just super excited about what yeah. God's going to do over the next few weeks. Um, because in the in the short time, uh, experiencing God is new to me. I, I oh wow, I was alive 30 years ago, <laughs> but I uh, at You're two punk. was not You're a young punk <laughs> was not reading through experiencing God. Um, so this is my first time going through it. And oh, I, know, good. I know for many um, that I've talked to as well, this is their first time. Um, in in the few you know in working ahead to prepare for things, it's been it's really really challenging for me good. just personally. So I know um, you're going to get out what it, what you put into it. Really, really dig in. It's, yeah. it's worth doing. Uh, send that send that email. Yes, that says yes. I listen to North Point Plus. That uh, that'll help us. Include Thanks. your best dad joke. That'll. Oh, that'll that would be, be that would rock. <laughs> that would rock. Good stuff. Cool. Well, thanks for thanks again for tuning in. Thanks for your questions. Uh, engage in experiencing God this week, and we will see you next week.